Lord indeed. Welcome to Acria Radio and thank you for tuning in. This is your girl Yogini Pale live and thank you for tuning in to my show Effulgent. Today I have a very special guest in studio and her name is Melinda Kalposh all the way from Italy. So it's going to be a very exciting hour. She is a teacher she also is the creative writer for Salt Digital Youth Magazine. She's been to many countries, um, well, over 12, over 12 countries and counting. And she has some lovely advice in store for all of you guys, especially those that are interested in traveling. So I hope that you are having a very blessed Thursday afternoon. It's sunny and quite cold here in Amanzam Toti. But uh, we are thankful for the week ahead. We are thankful for the week that we have and for the day that we have. I hope that you all are having a very blessed afternoon. So, Melinda, please say hi to our guests. Hello, everyone. Uh, thank you, Yogini, for having me on your show. It's a pleasure to be here. And it's a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much for tuning in. Wow, all the way in Italy. Um, how is the weather there today? Uh, what is it like in Italy? In Italy? Um, at the moment, it's really, really hot. Um, but uh, it's starting to cool down a little bit. It's, it's summer here. We're on summer vacation. And so it's uh, every day we're finding ourselves at the beach, enjoying uh, the weather. Oh, that's great. So, um, thank you for, for, for being here. Thank you for coming on to Acreo Radio. And um, we just want to give our guests a little background about you so um, they can get to know you a little better. So, how would you describe yourself? Who is Melinda? Um, I think that we are always asking ourselves who we are. And I think as we get older, as we grow, we evolve. Um, and that's part of growing up, uh, part of uh, maturing. I would say that uh, I am a very uh, passionate person. I really enjoy what I do. I love teaching. I, I love the children that I work with. I love traveling. My family is my priority, uh, especially my boys. Um, yeah, so I, I guess that's me in a nutshell. Cool. So how many kids do you have? I have uh, two boys. The eldest is uh, 16 and the youngest is going to be eight. Sorry, he's going to be six on the 8th of uh, August. So he's just got about uh, a couple weeks left before he turns six. Wow, so you are a mother of two traveling the world and teaching. Um, you're also on Salt Digital Youth Magazine. So how do you cope with your lifestyle of um, traveling the world and also being a mom to two kids? Um, one of the things that I, I thought was really important, especially with having both my boys, is that I wanted for them to experience the world. I wanted them to have an international education. I wanted 
to broaden their perspectives, uh, the way they see the world, the way they see and experience culture, people, countries, uh, to have first-hand knowledge of that. Um, it's not easy traveling with children. There are, um, you know, certain obstacles that you experience uh, from one country to the next, especially with paperwork. But with regards to their education, I would say that um, that is fundamentally the most important thing that they take away from all of this, their education and their everyday experiences. Yes, most definitely. And education is of utmost importance. Um, so before we get into uh, your education, tell our listeners exactly uh, where are you from? We know that you now live in Italy. You've been to many other countries. But where are you originally from? Um, I was born in Chatsworth, Crossmore. My parents are still there. Um, I went to... Um, I, I started at Markland's uh, Secondary and then I finished in Crossmore Secondary and then I went over to study teaching at Edgewood College of Education in Pinetown. So I grew up in Durban um, and then after finishing my four-year studies at uh, Edgewood College, I took on um, a part-time teaching position but at that time when I was in South Africa uh, and I'm talking about what, about 18 years back, it wasn't that easy to get a full-time position at a school. Okay, so what made you uh, decide to study education? Uh, was it always your goal? Uh, was it something that you dreamed of as a child? So why the career path of a teacher? Oh, that's a very interesting question, Yogini, and there's a bit of history around that uh, particular subject. Um, no, teaching was never on my list of professions. It was, it was something I never even considered for myself. I had dreamed, I think, from the time I could remember wanting to be a lawyer. But unfortunately, uh, around the time when I was graduating, <clears throat> excuse me, from, uh, from school, we suffered... Um, financial problems uh, and, and, and a huge setback and at the time my, my father he used to work across from Edge College and he dropped off my application there without me knowing and I got accepted and they were offering me also at the time a bursary to study at their college so they ended up paying um, a good chunk of my uh, uh, fees, my uh, college fees and that actually helped a lot. So I got into teaching mostly because, and 100% because it was, it was my father's wish for me to become a teacher. He really wanted to be a teacher when he was young. And I think uh, he saw that that would be a good profession for me to go into. So that is how I actually got into teaching. Oh, wow. Okay, that's an interesting story. So it wasn't actually your dream, but your dad's dream. And, uh, you know, this reminds me of the verse in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, where the Bible says that, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. So definitely, um, this was the Lord's plans because it was not your own. 
and uh, henceforth you've been very successful and you've traveled to many different countries you've taught many children and um, you've given back in that way so it was definitely the lord um, working um, through your dad for you so 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 that's quite an interesting story um and tell us more about um the places that you've that you've taught in and um uh, more especially how did you get into um studying i'm sorry in working overseas Melinda can you hear me I think we having a COVID-19 has led to many changes in our lives staying at home coupled with social and economic worries can increase the risk of experiencing violence in the home If you know someone at risk of violence please reach out support them however you can check that it's safe to be in touch get information on where they can get help and where they can go if they need shelter and share it with your networks in case of urgent need be ready to call emergency services for help if you are experiencing violence reach out for help connect with trusted family and friends and manage your stress make a plan for how you and your children can get help and where you will go if the violence gets worse There may be hotlines, shelters, and support services that can help you. Violence against you is not your fault, and you deserve to feel safe. Remember, there's never any excuse for violence. Good afternoon and welcome back. This is your girl Yogini Pai live on Akria Radio and thank you for tuning in this Thursday afternoon. Um I have a very special guest in studio. Her name is Melinda Karposh all the way from Italy. Um she's an educator and she's uh, traveled to many different countries and she's here today. to share with us her experiences as well as give us some advice on the profession of teaching and also um uh, how how do you actually go about working overseas so that was my last question to you melinda um how did you actually start working overseas uh the first time i started working overseas was uh Actually, in Taiwan, there had been a position advertised, and um, uh, I signed a contract, and I went over to Taiwan. Um, unfortunately, that didn't turn out very well. And I can offer um, our listeners some advice when it comes to going to Taiwan and what to look out for. Um, you know, a lot of teachers at the time who were leaving to go to Taiwan had some good experiences and bad experiences. My first experience was a bad one. Um, but it didn't deter me in the sense that i grew to love the country and ended up going back again and i spent about close on to 10 years in taiwan wow so 
how was it like being in Taiwan and being away from your family? Um, also, the language is different. Um, you were very young at the time. So how did you actually adjust to the language barrier and uh, being away from home? Um, if I can just uh, deviate a little bit from your question, because uh, there is something I'd like to share with the, read- uh, with the listeners. When I first went to Taiwan, I arrived in this country. It felt like as if I was on another planet. You know, it was nothing that I'd, I had uh, seen or expected. Uh, everybody was speaking Taiwanese or Chinese around me. I didn't understand a word. Uh, the weather was totally different to South Africa. The food, the smells. I, I, I literally felt like someone had taken me and planted me in another planet. And it really scared me because it was the first time I had gone abroad and I and I was alone without friends or family. And I called my parents and I said, I'm coming back. There is just no way I can stay here. So my father, uh, he said, fine, if, you, if you're not happy, come back. And uh, the woman that I was going to work for, she called the agent to pick me up. So when the agent picked me up, he said to me that he's going to be flying back to uh, Bloemfontein, but his parents are somewhere in the mountains and they had converted to Buddhism and they were Buddhist monks. And he said, would you like to come and spend three days with me there and then we'll fly back together to South Africa. So I agreed. So we get up to the mountain. It's this beautiful temple, very misty, bamboo uh, fields all around. And the first two days, I basically helped the female monks. I stayed with them with the cleaning of the vegetables and, you know, meditation and and praying. And it was also new to me. On the third day, he he introduced me. A young man had arrived from the uh, United States. And he had gone over to the U.S. to become a doctor. But after completing his uh, studying and, and getting his qualification there, he realized that that wasn't what he wanted to do. And he wanted to serve uh, the people, serve his community in a different way. So he basically joined the monastery. So we were. So it was the first time in three days that I was getting to speak English with someone, and I was so excited. And then he asked me. I I remember his name was Kai, and he asked me, um, "Where am I going to from here?" And I said, "I'm going back to South Africa." And he said, "How long have you been here?" I said, three days." And so why are you leaving so soon? I said, well, because I don't want to stay here. I, I don't understand anything. I, this place scares me. And he said, well, if you haven't lived in, in a place for at least three months, there's no way that you can know whether you're going to like it or not. So he said, stay three months. After three months, if you don't like it, you can leave and go back home. But at least you would have given yourself a chance to experience something new. And I think he made... You know he's responsible for um, he's he's responsible for a lot because if it hadn't been for him, I would have flown back to South Africa. I never would have stayed in Taiwan, gotten the experience I had because that was my foothold into teaching in other countries and teaching internationally, having that experience. So I took his advice. I stayed three months. Um, three months actually turned out to be close on to ten years because of uh, his advice and um, that's how I ended up staying in Taiwan for that long with regards to the language I picked up Chinese from the children I would carry this little notebook with me in my bag and every time um, you know I heard something that I could possibly use in my everyday you know going about and 
speaking with people on the street and buying stuff, I would just ask the children and, and I would then write it down in my little uh, book and and eventually that's how I improved my Chinese. Wow, that's an amazing story. And I do believe that um, God sends certain people along our way to help us through. And also, uh, I like to call them little messengers from heaven that uh, come at just the right time to say just the right thing to get us through. And um, wow, we thank God for that. Um, and that allowed you to have the experiences that you've had, which is amazing. Um, so... Along your journey, you've met incredible people and you've been to incredible countries as well. So, um, tell us more about the countries that you've been to. Um, I'll, I'll first tell you about the countries that I've taught in. Um, I started off teaching in Taiwan and then I moved back to South Africa for a little while, for about three years. And I, I taught at a school in Johannesburg in Sandton. And um, while I was teaching in Sandton, I got another position back in Taiwan again, uh, this time in the public school system. I took that position and uh, then I went back to Taiwan. So I was in Taiwan for four years. After leaving Taiwan, I came back to South Africa and I went out of the teaching field for a little while. For two years, I was employed by Atlas Finance. I was in operations. And uh, that is when, uh, around the time I met my husband, and he was from Ukraine, so we decided to go back to Ukraine together. So I lived in Ukraine for two years. I taught at an international school there. And from Ukraine, we decided that we wanted to um, have a different experience. My youngest son was born at the time, and we wanted to have an island experience, to have more of a simple lifestyle and experience, simple living. So, we, so I took a position in the Philippines on a small island, and the island was literally 10 kilometers long. You, know, you could go back and forth on it, and uh, it was very beautiful. It has one of the most beautiful sunsets. And um, I spent two years in the Philippines, uh, got to travel to a few of the places in the Philippines, and um, then we took a position in Albania at an IB school in Albania. Albania is very beautiful, and that's where I met my best friend. Um, and from Albania, we decided we would we were going to go back to Taiwan again, but fortunately, a position opened up here in Italy. And when we weighed our options, Italy seemed like a wonderful opportunity because I love I love Italy. I'd been to Italy before that, and I love the history and the culture here. So it was a it was an easy decision to make. So in terms of the countries that I've taught at, I've taught in about six countries in total. Um, but whilst living in Taiwan, Taiwan being in Asia is very, uh, it's very easy to access the Asian countries around it. Flights are cheap. Um, so yes, I was able to visit, you know, countries like Singapore, Malaysia, uh, Thailand, Cambodia, um, India, Turkey. Gosh, there, there is a lot of places I, I, I have visited and it's and over the last uh, 20 years, it's difficult to keep track of all of the countries, but uh, every country, you know, uh, leaves a mark on you. You learn something new, you discover yourself. Um, it's, it's really a very beautiful experience. Wow, so 
um, starting teaching has opened um, a lot of doors for you and one of which is traveling. So do you think that you would have been able to travel to all of these places if you did not study teaching? Ah, you know, there are a lot of professions that take you around the world. Um, but teaching, I would say, is one of the professions that, you know, if you're at the right place, the right time, uh, you can really, you know, explore your options with, with where you get to travel. Um, I would say as a South African, teaching abroad is not always easy because a lot of the countries have uh, stipulations as to which countries they do allow to teach in their country because you need to apply for work permits. Um, Italy, for example, if I had come over to Italy on my own, you know, without being married, uh, and my husband has an EU passport, if I had not, uh, so if I had come in by myself from South Africa and I had applied to Italy, I would not have gotten a position. Uh, the only reason I was able to get a position here in Italy was because um, I'm able to apply for a five-year residency because he's a resident, he's an EU resident. Uh, but countries that are open to South Africans would be, for example, you could go to Taiwan very easily, you could go to the UK, uh, you could go to Thailand, uh, Malaysia. Uh, most of the Asian countries will take South Africans, but uh, not the European countries because of the immigration and visa requirements. Wow, um, very interesting life indeed. Um, so we're going to take a small break and when we get back, uh, we'll be hearing more about Melinda's experiences as well as Salt Digital Youth Magazine and advice for us who are interested so please stay tuned for more you don't want to miss out on the next 30 minutes and here's te amo
Nga, ya. Good afternoon and a welcome back to Aquaria Radio. This is your girl Yogini Pale live, and thank you for tuning in to my show, Effulgent. I just want to give a shout out to all of you that support me, that share the posts. Um, I've had people messaging me and and telling me that they are tuning in. So thank you so much. If you would like to nominate an outstanding person in your community that is doing outstanding community work please whatsapp me the number is on the site or you can email me yoganipale at gmail.com that's y-o-u-g-i-n-i-p-i-l-l-a-y at gmail.com I would love to interview our community heroes so if you know of a community hero that is doing amazing work please do nominate them and send me their information so let's get back to our wonderful beautiful guest melinda kalposh um it's been a lovely um time with you and thank you for sharing um your experiences around the world especially your experience as a teacher so it's a phenomenal uh, profession and uh, you know we we thank teachers uh, because without you guys they wouldn't be doctors they wouldn't be lawyers and so on um there wouldn't be any other profession if it wasn't for teachers so i think um teachers need more credit than they actually get um because if it wasn't for them we wouldn't have any other profession amen so thank you so much melinda and um we just want to get back <laughs> so we just want to get back into it um so i know that you also do some creative writing for salt digital youth magazine um what exactly do you do on salt to health and wellness um, and, and the beauty side of the magazine. We talk about a lot of things that affect uh, young women uh, and not just women, uh, men as well. We did an article on um, male fitness and health. 
so we try to, or I try to, together with the other writers, is to bring awareness to certain aspects that affects our community and to enlighten them as well. So what are some of the topics that you um, enlighten them on and some of the topics that you touch uh, on SALT? Uh, one of the topics recently that we touched on was cyberbullying. Uh, cyberbullying is a huge problem right now, uh, not just in South Africa, but around the world. I mean, um, I myself have been victim to cyberbullying, and I know that, you know, if you don't have a strong mind, if you, you know, um, tend to believe what, what people say and what they write, it can affect you psychologically and um, I think it's important to give the youth and people tools that they can work with in order to protect themselves and especially our young people and if you look at the suicide rates in South Africa as well it's quite high so focusing on cyber bullying was very important um, also uh, we looked at violence against women uh, and not just women it's also children as well uh, we um, we looked at um, you know the beauty industry uh, you know women young girls out there are asking oh how can I stay fit how can I stay young uh, you know what, what are some products that we can use what's affordable uh, and I think you know I'm, I'm going to be 44 I think I have a bit of experience now in uh, in what I can recommend um, and, and I like to share that information with with the youth, with uh, my, you know, with women around my age as well. Uh, it's all about giving, sharing, and learning. Wow, that's amazing. Um, that that sounds really cool. So, guys, if you want to check out some of Melinda's work, you can go to www.saltdym.co.za and you can go to the beautiful category where you can find her articles on health and wellness. So why did you start working on SALT? Um, I started working on SALT because I wanted to give back to the community and I thought that this was an excellent platform, especially uh, seeing how it, you know, how effectively it was reaching our community, and we haven't had something like this in our community. And um, I think to be a part of it, to be part of something bigger, is very rewarding. Um, yes, and 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 that is why I got involved in, in Salt. Uh, I would also say that um, I love writing. Uh, I have written some of my own work as well, and. It's just a, it's a passion of mine. It's a hobby. And if I can do something I love, I mean, I might as well do it and enjoy myself at the same time. Yes, that's true. That's, um, that, that's, that, that is very true. Uh, wow. What a lovely way to give back to the community. Um, and, you know, you don't really need to do this because you're already giving back in your profession. Um, which I think is very honorable. So you're giving back to the community in your profession. You have a day job, which is teaching. Then you have a, a night job, which is taking care of your family and your two kids. So you don't need to do this, but yet you are. So um, would you like to, to share with our listeners as to why do you still think 
that you should give back and also advice to those that feel like they don't have the time uh, but yet they do want to give back uh, to the community. Um, that's a very interesting question. Um, I'd say we don't exist only for ourselves. Um, we exist in a community and we grow our children in a community. Um, and I think setting an example for our children to follow is very, very important. Uh, they, they, if they can see what we can do, then they know that they can do the same and even better. And if we can come or reach a world where people are helping each other, people are being supportive of each other and helping to grow their communities, I think that we can come to a place where people will love and respect each other. And looking at the current situation in South Africa and, and what's been happening, I think that we are in desperate need of united communities and communities looking at how they can uplift each other. Because you don't exist in your home by yourself. You, you don't exist as a single member of, of a community. You know, um, We are only as good as the community is or as a country is. And uh, that's important for people to realize. Yes, that's definitely true. You know, I had um, quite a few youth that say they don't have the time to give back or they don't have the time um, to do so-and-so because they're busy. But yet here you are still giving back, which is quite amazing. Um, so how about some advice for our youth? What would you like to... Um, what would you like to say to our youth, like on to say to youth on this platform? Oh, that is a. I, I would. I actually have a lot to say to them, so I've got to think about what I can say that is uh, really important. I'd say, um, girls, and I'm going to speak to, mostly to the girls right now, to the young women who have aspirations, who have dreams, and I would say, don't give up on those dreams. You know, if if. If teaching is something that you would like to do or if, if you want to travel the world, teaching is a fantastic way in which to do that. Do it. Um, I would also say that when, when you're looking at where to study in South Africa to be a teacher, I would say look at the qualification that you're going to be coming out with. Um, if you go to any of the countries around the world and you want to teach, if it has, say for example, higher diploma on your qualification instead of a bachelor's degree in education, you're going to have a problem. So you need to be very careful of what your qualification states. And um, I would say once you have that qualification, take on any international teaching job. It doesn't even have to be at an international school in the beginning. You could teach at a language school in, in Taiwan or China or wherever it is. As long as you get a foothold into uh, teaching abroad, teaching internationally, and help to start um, developing your curriculum, uh, uh, sorry, your, your, your CV or your, your resume, I would say people are going to start to notice. People are going uh, to look at that, and it counts towards the experience that you have. Uh, and not just in terms of what employers can see, but in terms of your, you know, for yourself, growth and awareness. If you're teaching and if you start off teaching, you know, um, Many times when we go to a different country, we experience culture shock. 
And when you start to travel and you're able to adapt very easily, you're able to fit into a new community, into a new environment, um, I'd say that is a huge advantage for you. Um, be open to change. So going back to your, your question, what advice would I would give young people? I would say follow your dreams, work hard, study hard. And if you are, and I'm talking to the young woman again, if you are in a romantic relationship, if you think that you love someone so much, you're about 18, 19 years old, trust me when I say that what you want, and I, and I said this to my sister once as well, I said that what you want when you are 18, 25, 30, 35 changes, your priorities change, you grow, you change. So don't let romantic relationships sort of bind you and, and, and keep you in one place because you're going to change, you're going to evolve. And that's not everything, you know. Um, and, and I see this happening with our young women in, in South Africa. They, they, they dream of, you know, getting married, having a family, and they're only 19, 20 years old. You've got the world at your... COVID-19 has led to many changes in our lives. Staying at home, coupled with social and economic worries, can increase the risk of experiencing violence in the home. If you know someone at risk of violence, please reach out, support them however you can. Check that it's safe to be in touch. Get information on where they can get help and where they can go if they need shelter and share it with your networks. In case of urgent need, be ready to call emergency services for help. If you are experiencing violence, reach out for help. Connect with trusted family and friends and manage your stress. Make a plan for how you and your children can get help and where you will go if the violence gets worse. There may be hotlines, shelters, and support services that can help you. Violence against you is not your fault and you deserve to feel safe. Remember, there's never any excuse for violence. Good afternoon and welcome back. Yes, as Melinda was saying, uh, young ladies, you have the world at your feet. Um, so, Melinda, would you like to continue uh, with regards to your advice to our youth? Hi, Melinda. I think we're having some network problems. Uh, would you like to continue with your advice to the youth? Okay. At the moment, we're sorting out the connection problem, uh, but, problem. Uh, but she'll be back soon. I think she's back. Soon. I think she's back. Hi, I'm back. Thank you for having me again. There was a connection problem. Yeah, so please go ahead. Um, you were saying to the young ladies, they have the world at their feet. You can continue. I know. I actually got quite passionate about that because um, I, I just think that our young women have so much of potential and uh, there is so much out there for them. They just don't realize it. And I want them to know my message to them is there is, it is, you know, you... Uh, 
the world is your oyster. You don't have to actually settle for what's in your backyard, you know. There is a life out there that you could never experience unless you put yourself out there. And that's what I want for them, to experience life. So that is my message to them. Um, that's great. That's great indeed. Um, and so true. Um, also, being a teacher and traveling the world, teaching in six different countries, um, you have massive, massive major experience with regards to teaching abroad and teaching uh, different people. So would you like to give some advice to all of those that are studying teaching at the moment um, and also for people that would like to study teaching and maybe they're not sure if that's the profession they should go into um, what would you like to say for all of those people that are interested in teaching but not sure? And also to those, um, okay, this is a two-part question. Um, those that want to study teaching but are not sure and to those that are study teaching currently, uh, please do give them some advice. Um, okay, so I'll, I'll answer the first part of the question. So you're thinking about teaching, but you're not sure. I would say you have to love children. And if you find yourself annoyed by them constantly, don't even think about it. Um, also, if you're looking, if, if you're thinking about teaching, think about the age groups. You know, uh, do you prefer kindergarten, elementary, middle school, high school students? Because the approach to teaching with the different age groups are very, very different. Um, and to the people who are at university right now and who are considering leaving South Africa, going abroad, I would say, um, from my experience, it is much easier. It's much easier to get a position abroad uh, when you're teaching elementary rather than high school. If you're teaching high school, uh, your specialized subjects like math, science, physics, those tend to be the uh, subjects in demand. Um, but uh, most often, you find schools advertising for primary education. And with primary edu education, they uh, it seems to be a trend. I, I know it's not fair to uh, men, but generally, the schools tend to employ females over males when it comes to primary education. With, with secondary education, it is a mix of both male and female. Okay, and uh, with regards to traveling overseas, with regards to um, getting opportunities to work abroad, how, how can they go about doing this for those that have already um, graduated with a degree in education? How can they now work abroad? Um, if you want to work abroad, there are several agencies that you could contact. Um, with regards to working in Taiwan, I could very easily uh, direct you myself um, and we can put my email address somewhere where you can contact me via email and I'll walk you through the steps and the procedures. But there is a company in, in Taiwan that employs, that, well, there are several companies in Taiwan uh, but the company that employs uh, teachers for the public school system, they are called Dewey International. You can go and look them up. 
they're really, really good. Uh, it's legitimate contracts um, that they have and they work with the public school system. You have benefits such as your flight allowance, uh, medical insurance, um, and you have a prescribed number of hours that you'll be teaching. And then with teaching abroad also, I, I should have mentioned this earlier, when you teach in Taiwan, you generally, if you're teaching in a public school system, you're, you're starting at about eight, finishing at four, which leaves your entire afternoon free. There are tons of language schools, and we call them bushy buns, where you can go and teach uh, students who go there for after school um, remedial. So, that, so for example, if you have a 12-year-old, a 13-year-old that wants to improve their English, they go to a bushy bun. And these bushy buns employ foreign teachers to teach there. And this is how a lot of foreign teachers make up their, their money. They, they teach at these bushy buns. And you can earn, your earning potential is very, very high. Uh, so that is one way you could go. With regards to teaching in any of the other countries, you would have to, um, you could apply to an agency and then they post your resume and then they will direct you. Or you can look online for schools, have a look at if they have any vacancies and then apply for those vacancies. Oh, great. Thank you, Melinda, so much for the advice to our listeners. Guys, I hope that you took all of that in. I hope that we've inspired you to go out and study education, to go out and travel the world, as well as be more mindful of our teachers and appreciate them a little bit more. Um, so thank you, Melinda, so much for your time, for this hour of educating us, um, for also sharing your experiences with us. Um you have about 30 seconds. Would you like to say anything else to our listeners? Um, I'd like to thank you for having me on the show. Um, it's been really uh, interesting and um, just giving back as well again to our youth, to our young people who want to study. I'm At any time, I'm available, please. Uh, you can email me. My email address is mel zest at gmail.com you can email me if you want any help or guidance and I'm, I'm i'm willing to do that great thank you so much you can even check her out on facebook it's melinda corpors and don't forget it's mel zest m-e-l-z-e-s-t at gmail.com and thank you so much once again guys i hope that you all are having a very blessed thursday afternoon Thank you for tuning in and I will see you tomorrow from 2 to 3 p.m. Have a very blessed afternoon and may God bless you and your family. And don't forget, travel the world. Check out what's out there and the world is much bigger than you think it is. And not just bigger but beautiful as well. And you can do anything that you set your mind to and especially give back to your community today or maybe even this weekend. Have a great one. Goodbye.